You are listening to episode 73 of the Playing Flow podcast with Rita Hyland. Hello, I'm Rita Hyland, and you're about to discover what it means to position your business, career, and life to play full out. This show explores the way leaders just like you embrace and achieve their ambition without working harder or grinding it out any longer. So if you want to take your life, business, or career to a playing full out status and do so while being the happiest high performer in the room, then hang with me because this show shares everything you need to know using the best of neuroscience, transformational psychology, and a bit of spiritual wisdom to help you change fast, even when it's uncomfortable or scary, or you failed to do so in the past. All this so that you can enjoy more freedom and prosperity in your business and life. I'm happy you're here. Hey there, hey there. Raise your hand if, as we end lockdown and get back to things that once were, that you're feeling some maybe mixed emotions, part excitement, part anxiety, to return to what once was. I'm betting if I was speaking to an audience, lots of hands would go up with concerns and apprehension, perhaps, about reentry. How do I know this? Because Lately in my conversations, I am hearing about the anxiety that's being expressed in things like, I don't think I can do that again. I can't maintain that pace. I can't fly like I used to, or I don't want to commute like that again. The growth plan that they just introduced and what they want us to sell or bill or produce or service is staggering. Everyone's already at full capacity. The question on many people's minds, I think, right now is how do I re-enter and go back to that pace? How do I manage it all, my family and my work, when I am full? I liken this to what happened pre-pandemic, a bit like the boiling frog syndrome. That syndrome is based on a frog slowly being boiled alive. And the premise is simple. If a frog is suddenly put into a boiling pot of water, it's going to jump out and save itself from death. But if the frog is put in lukewarm water and the temperature rises slowly, it will not perceive any danger to itself. And it will be cooked to death. Why? Since the frog is only slightly uncomfortable as the water continues to get warmer, it keeps trying to adjust and get accustomed and making itself believe that the slow, gradual change in temperature is normal. If the frog was thrown in when it was boiling, it would surely jump out. But when the change happens slowly, by the time it realizes that it's so hot and uncomfortable, it's already lost its strength to jump out. And that, I believe, was what happened pre-pandemic in the pace of our culture, organizations, in our schools, and in our homes. The discomfort was slowly accelerated such that it became normal and few had the strength to jump out. Most of us became comfortable, miserably comfortable, if it were, and used to the hurried pace and the hustle, if you will, the lukewarm water. And we 
didn't even recognize the need to escape from it because it was gradually increasing. The heat was gradually increasing. The backdoor gift for many during the pandemic was that we were like the frogs and we were taken out of the boiling water and we were actually given a second chance, a second chance for life. We are aware of the boiling and the anxiety is building because we're about to be thrown back in. If you found that as you left the offices last March that your work dominated you and that the pace you were keeping was hurried and that you were always hustling, you may be wondering, just like those I spoke about in the beginning, how you're going to do it again. This is why in this episode, I wanted to share my perspective on reentry, the pace that we keep, the pressure to conform to the pace, an assumption and how you can re-enter much like a successful spaceship mission without blowing up or burning out. The question has never been louder. How do I perform? Whether that is sell, bill, produce service at the rate culture or my organization or my community is pressuring me. It can be very easy as the world opens up again and we re-enter to return to the habits of the hurried hustler, as I like to call it, like Pavlonian dogs. We have muscle memory and we unconsciously pick up where we started. But people for this first time, we're not like frogs. We're aware, we're awake, we see what's coming. It's already at a boil and we're being thrown back in. For a long time when my kids were little, my husband traveled a lot for work and sometimes he'd be gone for weeks at a time. And towards the end of his trips, his calls were always about how ready and eager he was to return home. And then very often when he walked in the door, inevitably there was a kid that was sick or crying or there was a leak in the house and it was so much and so fast and it was a lot. And the pace or intensity that he was used to when he was was leaving, suddenly when he was thrown back in, became, you know, very intense. And we would jokingly look at each other and say, re-entry is a bitch. He forgot the pace of things. He wasn't used to it. And I say this in jest, it's not the same thing, but I think this analogy is relevant as well, is that lockdown comes to an end, and then we experience this re-entry into our old world. And after 15 months of making decisions that are based completely on what we wanted to do on a given day within our own compounds, we're now being called to go back to work, get on flights for business, meet with others, begin the old activities in our communities, the sports with our kids, whatever it is. In short, what they're saying and what the headlines read is that busyness is back. The hurried pace and the hustling is beginning. But here's the thing. This if ever, is the moment that you have an opportunity to redecide the pace you keep. The mistake most make is saying that we don't have a choice. It's the lie we tell ourselves because the unending pressure to conform is just so great. And as a result, we don't stop and ask ourselves the right questions. We don't challenge our fear that we will no longer fit in or be accepted. And often this happens even when our health, happiness, marriage, family, or life is at stake. What we tend to forget is that we actually can choose. 
What I want you to know is that there is a pace that is right for you that allows you to build your important work and a life that's guided by your own design without sacrificing your family, your health, your personal life, your marriage. The problem is that you probably assume at some unconscious level that you have to hurry and hustle to get to a happier place in life, that you have to be a part of the race. This is a really big concept. I want you to understand this. There is an unconscious belief, which is our blueprint for life, and whether or not the unconscious beliefs, which are our blueprint, are in complete control of our life. So until we acknowledge, first of all, that we are making an assumption that has been in most part indoctrinated in us, that hurrying and hustling gets us to a happier place in life, till we acknowledge that we can't move forward. For a while, the cultural hustle was put on a forced pause. And as busyness is back, many people's anxiety levels are rising. For many, these last 15 months have allowed them to give up the identity of being the hurried hustler. They've had dinners with their families. They've put their kids to bed. They've taken walks with spouses. They've moved at a pace that was slower and calmer and fulfilling, one that they liked. The core of the problem is the nonstop pressure to conform specifically to the pressured pace, despite having proof that not conforming is one of the most calming and grounding and fulfilling things that we can do, right? Even though we know it, we've just experienced it. For many, there has been this backdoor gift, as I mentioned, that it's calmer, it's grounding, it's more fulfilling, but nonetheless, it can still be terrifying. And that's what people are reckoning with right now. We are being forced to choose whether we will make decisions based on what our predecessors, the leaders, others who have done at what society programmed them and us, even if it fills us with angst and anxiety or worse. The question I was asked long ago was, where are you in a hurry to get to? My husband asked that of me. Where are you racing to? And I realized during this pandemic that I have been in a hurry and I don't know why, other than it is a habit. And that's what I want you to know. If what you're doing doesn't feel good or right, don't do it harder. Don't do it more. Understand that you're doing it simply out of habit. Often our hurried hustling is not even necessary. We're just doing it unconsciously on autopilot because we've been programmed for it. And that's what we learned during this last 15 months. If for you, what you have been doing has felt good, a bit more relaxing and true for you, then keep doing it. It means that you're in integrity and in line with your truth. I want to offer you a few of my observations as well as some ideas for you to return into the world that you once knew so that you choose the pace and move from being hurried and hustling to a greater ease and fulfillment, maintaining a life guided by your own design, as well as being productive and doing work that makes a difference. They are not mutually exclusive, no matter how others have told you. What I would say is that those who have gone before us that have made this and bought into, and I think it's been generations long, that hard work equals success, that hustling and hurry is going to make you happier and get you to a happier place. I do 
intrinsically in that I have worked with these people for so long is that know that that is a fugazi and that the image is there. But what we don't really see is what's underneath the marriages that have failed, the unhappiness, the over drinking, the overeating, the overworking at the cost of things that really truly matter. And we are at a standpoint, we are at a crossroads where as we re enter, we have to think about how we want to continue. I do believe that organizations are adapting right now. And you get to decide if you are going to be someone who influences or goes along with the choices. Are you going to be influenced and told or will you be part of the solution? My perspective, and here are a few of my observations, is first of all, that your life is too important to leave it in the hands of others. Whether that's a corporate employer or society's cultural norms. Wouldn't you agree? You don't let strangers drive your car. Why would you let them decide your life? You're the captain of your ship. It's your wheel. Don't give the wheel over to anyone. My second observation is that we have to acknowledge the problem because you can't solve a problem you don't correctly identify I mentioned this a bit before, but acknowledge the problem that the old model doesn't work for today. What got us here isn't going to get us there. Specifically, that if you have to hurry and hustle to be in a a happier place and work in life, that something is off, that you're not aligned. If these last 15 months were proof of anything, it's that you can find a place, a better place, a more peaceful stride. You already know your assumption that the hurried doesn't mean happy. It's simply a habit. And it can be changed both in our organizations and individually, but it does start with you. The third observation is to take responsibility for designing your life. If you don't design your life, somebody else will do it and you probably won't like what they have chosen. You will be living by a default pattern as opposed to by design. Spend some time on your aspirational vision. Get a coach to help, even if you don't know how to do it, but you need some support. The fourth observation is to set and hold your boundaries. One way to do this is to create a non-negotiable list. Right now, what are you unwilling to give back that came out of COVID and the pandemic? Is it your afternoon walk? Your 30-minute ride on the Peloton? Is it your dinner with your kids? Is it the silent time in the morning? Is it a new habit that you incorporated? Is it quality, peaceful time with your spouse? Did you improve your marriage along the way? Here's the reality. When we do too much of anything, we will resent it. It's our job to not resent things, to help others, the company, your family member, heck, even your spouse, to not resent them. That is our job. People will ask as much as they can get. Our job is to pump the brakes and to say no. It's not their fault that they're asking. It's our fault that we don't set and hold our boundaries. Others really don't know how much you have to give. And they will, like I said, keep asking. We must be responsible for knowing and setting and then holding our boundaries. Fifth conversation is... The other day I was having a conversation with a man and he said, I've already been going at a pretty good pace, a strong, intense pace. I'm, my team and I are, are tapped 
and they've just put forth a plan for the upcoming year that is going to triple what we are supposed to produce. There is no way that we can maintain this. The opportunity that we hold right now, we are in that moment. We have to decide if we are going to jump back into the water and maintain this for the next decade, or is this the moment in time where we can start to change the conversation? And this is the last point I would make is start the conversation about pace and balance with others at your work and in your life. We need to rethink how we're defining success. And if enough people do it, we will change our definition of success, that it's not he who dies richest is the most successful. When enough people start having this conversation, we can redefine success in our workplaces. We can eliminate burnout and turnover and marriage failures and lives of quiet desperation. We can trade it in for a workplace instead that is healthy and emotionally, physically, and spiritually full and fulfilled. I was just taking my son to a summer camp and an overnight camp. He did it two years ago. So he's been there once. Last year, obviously COVID happened. He didn't get to go. He went again this year and I dropped him off. And over the last week, what he's been challenged with and struggling with and intensely is whether he should come back early to play a hockey tournament. And this really isn't hockey season. He plays about six days a week, at least of hockey. And My husband and I decided we weren't going to answer this question for him. He kept saying, should I leave early from camp and go back to, you know, my hockey tournament? And we just said we weren't going to make that decision for him. And we were driving and onto the camp, parked onto the side. And he said, mom, please just tell me what I should do. And it was killing me because I just so deeply wanted for him to be able to make the decision for himself that he doesn't have to follow the hurried pace and that he can make the choice for what feels true to him, even if others aren't following that themselves. And so instead of telling him, I I kept resisting. I said, look, I'm going to, and I was in front of him in the car. And I said, I'm going to ask you two questions. I'm going to say two things. And after each one of those, I'm going to ask you how you feel. So I want you to close your eyes And I want you to feel into this. And the first thing I said is, is you stay the whole week at camp and we pick you up Saturday morning and you've had all your experiences that you wanted to have. The second, and then I asked him how he felt about that first. And, and I could see, and he was, he was, he was going with me and he said, good. And then I said, okay, second one, we pick you up Thursday night. And you come home for your hockey tournament. How does that feel? And he felt, I could tell, he was like, "Mm, I don't know. Uh, And I could see. And I was like, that's a sign that your body is giving you. You're being informed from your body and your mind that what is true for you is that which makes you feel more relaxed. And Cole, you have your answer. Which he responded, I want to stay. He'd rolled into camp. He had seen, you know, the, 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 the jumpies and the, the slides moving into the lake. He remembered the tag team and the steal the flag and the flag football, those times of slower moving. And I was so grateful that he was able to 
touch back in and make that decision. Why do I care so much about you moving back into your re-entry? And, and what is that for? Is because people are watching you and what you do. You're, rem- you're modeling for them. I already know this is true. How you do things is affecting more than just you at work and in your community. Even more f- profound is how you're teaching our next generation. We're all responsible for that. If we hate what we're doing, it's like the fraternity system. Are we going to continue it? Or are we going to wake up and choose to be the leaders, the pioneers of making a, a change? My last observation and, and invitation to you is that you don't consider this a re-entry, but that you consider this a new beginning, that you're not who you were yesterday. You weren't, or certainly aren't who you were 15 months ago. Choose accordingly. So let's summarize. Your guidelines to a smooth re-entry include don't turn over the wheel to others as you re-enter after lockdown. Take the wheel, be responsible for your life. Nobody can do you better than you. Two, acknowledge the problem and the false assumption accurately that hurrying and hustling will not take you to a happier place. There's lots of proof of this. If that were true, we wouldn't have our highest rates of depression in our adults and our children. Third, design your own life. Four, set and hold boundaries by knowing your non-negotiables. Know what you refuse to go back to. Five, begin the discussions in your workplaces with your friends that work-life balance and being a hurried hustler is old world. It's old news. Bold and fulfilled leaders are leading with an entirely new approach. It is an old and outdated approach and the one that we've had previously and its shelf life is expired. So now that we've acknowledged that we are in a time of new beginnings, I want you to shine brighter than you did yesterday. Be braver than you were yesterday. Let your passion spark action. Embrace the energy of this time, the opportunity of this time, and create your new beginning. You're not who you were yesterday. Each day is a time of day to reset. It's a fresh new start. So no matter what age we are, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, even 80s, We can always look forward and imagine new paths we might take. We can stop, reevaluate, and re-decide. And this is that time. No matter how old I am, there are always opportunities, always new things I can do and in new ways. So what I invite you to right now in this moment is to try to slow down yourself. Make room for the new. Hold on to what works for you. Don't bring back what does not. In the spirit of slowing down and in being integrity with what I'm talking about and what I'm being and who I'm being and what I teach, in July, we will not have new episodes of the Playing Full Out podcast. My team and I will be taking a break. We will be back in the very beginning of August. This is a great opportunity for you to catch up or listen to your old favorites and those you might have missed. So next week, I will be back with one last episode until we return after break in August. This week, though, before that, do things differently. There's no reason to say re-entry is a bitch or difficult if you choose how you re-enter and if you reframe it that this isn't a re-entry. This is old. 
I'm coming into new. Remember, today is the first day of the beginning of your life. Don't put up with the rising temperatures. Never settle and act sooner rather than later. Don't observe, jump in. Bye-bye for now. I'll see you next week. Thank you for being with me today. By you listening to this, it tells me you're interested in growing yourself and likely not just for yourself, but to positively influence others as well. If you enjoyed this podcast, go ahead and share this with your friends and colleagues. When leaders like you grow yourself and then grow others, we all are positively impacted. If you have questions, I'm here to answer them and may even use them in our upcoming podcasts. Go ahead. You can send those questions to Breakthrough at RitaHighland.com. Remember, a half version of you is not enough. The world needs the full version of you at play. I look forward to seeing you on our next podcast. 